Okay, we're going live. Hey, welcome to the Growing the Fishes podcast. Um, episode 161. Uh, this week we have Roger from True Aquaponics. How's it going? I am doing excellent. And I'm so happy to be here. Last minute call, but still happy to be here. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Fantastic, man. I was so glad to hear that you were coming on the show because uh, we got the message. We needed a last minute guest and then we got the message. You were going to be our last minute guest. And I, I called my buddies and said, yeah, we got one of our friends coming on tonight. It's going to be great doing aquaponics again. Yeah, I'm always so darn busy. I, I get asked, you know, quite often to, to, to do podcasts. And I, I never really get a chance. I love to. They're always so much fun and get to meet so many new people. Uh, so this is just a, an awesome opportunity once again. Um, so let's take a little bit more from Steve, because I know he's got a few introductions to make. Yeah. Um, uh, we also have Roger, the other Roger. Uh, Roger just sent a message to everyone that he just lost audio, so... Um, did he lose his ability have, to speak or just he can't hear us? We also have Fish Ganja Guy. Uh, hey. I haven't, I haven't seen you in a minute. How's it going? You still can't see me. Everything's going well. Um, just yeah, busy yeah. and uh, had a night off, so I thought I'd make it over. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. I think we have... Uh, the other Roger now. Big two. Roger. Well, well he's here in spirit, so. All right, yes, Roger's here in spirit. We also have Mr. Green Jeans. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, Roger, uh, want, uh, from True Aquaponics, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do, and, um, and a little bit about the the online Facebook group you run. It's been quite a while since we've had you on. I lost internet connection temporarily. It shows it unstable. Can you guys hear me? Yep, we can. Hear okay. You. Oh. All right. So uh, let me back it up just a little bit because I'm I'm sure with all the new people, nobody really knows where I come from or what's going on. Um, as far as me um years ago back in 2012 2013 actually i was diagnosed with a, a rare blood disease and while laying in a hospital bed uh, i decided hey i better start eating more healthy because i was man I, i'm a foodie i like to eat everything so I, I started researching a little bit on my laptop that they let me have uh, my companies let me have at the time and they're like hey just play with this and when you come back uh uh, you can go back to work. So I'm looking through, looking for healthy ways to grow stuff, thinking, you know, hydroponics is the way to go. And it wasn't too long before I saw this little bitty thing down the corner that said aquaponics. And like anyone, I'm like, what the hell is that? So I clicked on it. And I was, I was reading about aquaponics and M walks my doctor or one of my doctors at the time. And he's like, Hey, I do aquaponics. I got this big tilapia thing, yada, yada, yada. 
So I actually started investing time in it and learning about it. And within about three weeks, I started building my first system, which is still running today, believe it or not. We, we still use that same exact system, which is very flawed uh, in design, but uh, is giving us a lot of food and much, much joy. Uh, we built systems after quite a few of them and they do much better as far as the design goes, but you can't beat aquaponics for the actual growth and uh, viability of the systems. But one of the first things we found out was we were lacking stuff. Um, we were growing plants that at first did really well. And then all of a sudden we started having these, uh, what turned out to be deficiencies showing up and test issues. So we started, I, I started again researching, trying to figure out what was wrong with my plants and found that I had first some uh, iron deficiency and then a potassium deficiency and, and several others. And we started reaching out and, and buying the, the minerals we needed to put that into the system water to make our plants right. And what we learned in doing that was not only were we making our plants grow better and look better, but they were also giving us produce that was better for us to eat. So it was more healthy overall, uh, which is the goal of anyone doing aquaponics, hydroponics, or growing in their own dirt garden. Uh, you must have healthy plants. Otherwise, you're not going to get what you're supposed to have. So if you're going to do that, you may as well buy from, or if you're not going to do that, you may as well buy from Walmart uh, and get your uh, China meals or whatever you want to call them. Um, we got so involved in buying the minerals that we thought we needed that we bought too much. And in the very beginning realized, you know, we get all this stuff, what do we do with it? So we started uh, selling it in, in small amounts to people we knew on Facebook and, and locally just to help them out. And it, it grew so rapidly that it became a business. Uh, and that's, that's where we're at today is with this budding business where we not only get to sell um, minerals at a decent price to help people, but also we're seeing new opportunities to grow. And, and Steve here is, is one of those guys we're growing with. So we're, we're looking forward to a new partnership with him, um, starting hopefully within the next month, month and a half, maybe two months. Depends on how quick I can kick him and get him moving. Um, but we're going to start uh, offering a water test to people to where you can send in a sample. Um, it's going to be tested. It's going to show us exactly where your system's at. And then we're going to send you a packet that has everything in it you need to rebalance your system, get it where it needs to be so that your plants grow as quickly and as healthily as possible so that you get the best from your, your plants as you possibly can. And with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out for just a second and let Steve kick in because I know he's got some stuff to add. Actually, real quick, I have a question I'd like to toss in there on what you're saying. Um, when people send in their water sample, are you gonna be doing like a little questionnaire as far as like the size of their system and things like that? So that way um, the packet you send matches up appropriately to dose for that tank size? Absolutely. It's gonna be more than just, you know, how much water is in your system. We got to know how much water is in your system total, not just your fish tank, but your entire system. So if you got a, a 300 gallon fish tank, but you've got 6,000 gallons worth of rapids, which is abnormally odd sized, 
but just 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 for the sake of saying it, uh, we, we take all that water into account. We also want to know what you're growing. So if all you're growing is lettuce, your requirements are going to be completely different than if you're growing nothing but tomatoes, uh, if that makes sense. Does that answer that question? Yeah, perfectly. So big difference between if they're growing tomatoes or Jamaican tomatoes. Good to know. What the hell is a Jamaican tomato? I've never even heard of one. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to, we'll be launching with nutrients and then eventually also including um, some pest management solutions into that as well. Uh, later down the line, which we're really excited about uh, as well. But um, basically, we're going to be, you know, take away the science, take away the thinking, and uh, take away the complexity for aquaponic growers. You know, it's the number one reason why people fail is because they don't understand the science or the chemistry. So we're going to handle that for you. So all you'll have to do is sign up, uh, you know, send out your water on time when you're supposed to, and uh, we'll get the analysis, and then we'll use that analysis to send you custom formulated pre-dosed uh, nutrients uh, along with the dosing schedule that will handle that until your next uh, you know testing comes in and you'll, you'll have different tiers depending on the size and frequency that you want it tested and uh, again we'll, we'll really um, simplify everything for everyone and uh, help people uh, you know really um, allow their uh, both commercial and and home aquaponic systems to really excel in a way that they haven't had that you know custom opportunity to um, have that kind of personal care uh, on their system, you know, especially for commercial operations that don't have someone that understands it. Um, you know, this can really solve a lot of problems, which is, to be honest with you, a large percentage of the commercial farms out there. And uh, Rogers also has a whole wide range of different nutrients. Do you want to talk about that as well uh, that you have available? Absolutely. Um... I'll go back kind of to the beginning of what we noticed in our own system uh, at the very beginning was that we were having an iron deficiency and, and then finally a potassium deficiency within a couple of weeks. Um, because of that, we, we did come up with a wide range of minerals that, that we made available uh, in both small and large quantities, which is hard to find. Most people or most uh, supply houses, they, they want you to buy large quantities and you got to spend a lot of money and if you're working with a, a small uh, aquaponic system or even a small dirt garden, uh, buying you know several hundred pounds worth of one mineral is really uh, cost prohibited and makes it to where it's not worth uh, dealing with. So you end up going with commercial grade fertilizers, which end up giving you exactly what you get from Walmart or, or wherever. So what we do is, is we buy all this stuff in bulk and then we break it down and make it easy and accessible to everyone. Uh, and it's, it's your irons, potassium, different potassiums like potassium sulfate, potassium silicate, uh, seaweed extract, which is really big in the market. Um, we, we do it in larger amounts and much cheaper than anybody else does. Um, and then we go into the calciums, whether it be uh, for a high pH system or a low pH system. There's different ways to apply that calcium, um, whether it be in your system water or spray it on your plants. Uh, there's there's a, just a whole multitude of, of minerals out there that need to be applied in different ways. That way you get the best plant growth and the best plant produce that you're intaking uh, for you and your family to, to make sure you can be as healthy as possible. 
and that's really the, the, the most important thing uh, is to make sure you're, you're getting the best produce possible from your garden. Otherwise, it's really not worth doing. Um, and, and that goes from whether it be uh, fruits and vegetables, trees that are, are giving you fruits, or even, in this case, uh, cannabis uh, for a lot of the guys here and, and ladies here. Uh, you want the best possible produce you can get. Otherwise, it's just not worth doing. I know Steve's got to have something to add to that. Absolutely. And I've been working with Roger for a long time and helping him with uh, you know, different questions and, um, you know, pointing him in the right direction on a couple of things when he's had, you know, different problems with a couple of, of weird customers that had done some pretty particularly crazy things. <laughs> uh, so you were in a, a large Facebook group as well. And you want to tell people about that and some of your experiences. What are some of the common problems that you're seeing people have with our aquaponics gardens? Um, maybe what are some of the common solutions maybe as well? The most common problem we see has nothing to do with minerals. Uh, it has nothing to do with the plants are growing. It has to do with their, their, their siphon system that they use for their system. Um, and, and usually it's a bell siphon issue and, and it's a misconception for them. They, they just don't understand how it works. And there's not real good info, information out there about uh, what to do with a bell siphon. They, they, they may buy a kit or they may watch a video online about how to do it and they do it and it doesn't work. And then they freak out and say, this isn't working. And they go completely away from aquaponics. Um, if you're having bell siphon issues, please reach out, let us help you. Um, it, it's a real simple fix for most of them. Um, now let's move beyond that. Uh, the next thing we see that is actually, I should have brought this up first, is your media. The, the, the grow media you use or medium. Um, if you're doing a, a flood and drain bed, please do not go out there and buy a bunch of pea gravel uh, it's not going to work. At first, it'll seem like it works great, but then after a few months, it starts to clog up with fish poo, and uh, it's so small and so tightly compacted that even if you add worms, uh, you're, you're just not going to be able to clean it out. So water's not going to flow well. And when that happens, your, your system will go anaerobic and start producing a lot more nitrite and kill everything, basically. Um, so your system will crash and you'll have issues that you can't correct without absolutely replacing the media. So that, that's, that's one of our biggest issues we see. We get calls from all over the country and messages from all over the world. People asking, hey, what's wrong with my system? And, and we ask them questions like, you know, what are you using for media? And they come back with pea gravel or something else similar that's very small. Uh, and it, it's just wreaking havoc on what they're trying to do. Uh, beyond that, um, something that's not pH neutral, uh, which pea gravel in, in many cases is, but it's so small it doesn't work. But if you have something that has limestone in it, um, it's going to run your pH up and it's going to crash your system uh, at some point. And even if it doesn't crash your system, it's going to lock out every nutrient you can possibly imagine. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, let's see. The next most common thing is system size. Uh, a lot of people 
and I understand this, everybody understands it, you want to start out as cheap as possible to see if it actually works for you. So uh, people will start out with a 10-gallon bucket with, uh, you know, a couple of fish in it and find out that, <coughs> excuse me, find out that, that uh, it just doesn't work. Their temperature is variating really bad. You know, it goes from 68 in the morning to 95 in the afternoon. It just cooks everything, cooks their fish, cooks their, their plants. And uh, so you've got to look at system size. Now, if you're in a, a controlled air situation in an apartment or something, you can get away with it. You just got to watch your pH carefully. Absolutely. Um, so uh, you were, you had a question about alkalinity, or we were talking about uh, we were talking about alkalinity before the show. Uh, um, do you want to mention that? Okay, yeah, well, and there's, you know, I'm no fool. I know I don't know everything, so I am going to ask people questions uh, when I get the opportunity. And I did ask um, about alkalinity hardness. And if you can explain more of that to me and, and the other people watching, uh, I think it's a very important point because when, when we talk about alkalinity hardness, uh, it's totally different than, than pH. It has, from what you were describing to me, and up to this point today, I always felt that alkalinity hardness had something to do with pH, and it really doesn't. Yeah, well, it, it does and it doesn't. So, um, so alkalinity, so you have pH, which is potential of hydrogen, which is on a scale from 14 to zero, which is the uh, acidity or alkalinity of the water, or, uh, uh, or which is how acidic or alkaline, I'm sorry, is the better way to put it. Um, the, the water is seven being neutral, which would be rainwater. Um, and uh, so uh, the other one is alkalinity. Now alkalinity is also called dissolved carbonate hardness. And alkalinity, depending on how high your alkalinity is, will have an effect on what your pH is and what the stability of your pH is. Um, so uh, for example, um, you, you want to have a, a dissolved carbonate hardness test kit, you can get them as cheap as seven or eight dollars for the um, aquarium pharmaceuticals one, all the way up to I think it's like 20 bucks if you want to go for one of the fancier saltwater ones. Those also work for freshwater just fine. Um, and they're, you know, 20, 25 bucks for the salifert. That's the one I was trying to think of. So your alkalinity, you went generally above 40 parts per million uh, or higher, higher is better, or above 2 dKH. Now, the problem is if you go below that threshold, uh, that you will actually uh, cut your microbial replication in half because there's not a, enough available carbon in the water for those microbes, which is something that's often misrepresented by other aquaponic experts. There's a, a plenty of different videos out there saying you want, you know, real low alkalinity so that you have more pH control. That is true for hydroponics. We are doing aquaponics where we have micro microbes that we need to replicate and breed. They need that alkalinity to, to do those things. And that's negative to have them uh, be you know, below those levels, you actually have a slower replication rate. Now, what's going to happen in an aquaponic system if I slow the microbial replication rate? It's going to cut the ability for my um, microbes to process nutrients down significantly. So you want to always maintain above a 40 ppm dKH 
uh, or you know, ideally higher than that, above 60 uh, ppms or above 2 dKH in that 2 to 4 dKH range in order to maintain proper uh, microbial replication and proper pH stability. Um, now, if you say, for example, you stripped out all, all your alkalinity, you're going to have massive pH swings from daytime to nighttime, and that can cause uh, issues with both your plants and your fish. Um, if anyone has any questions, you know, feel free to let me know. But I'd like you to, can you put a link uh, for one of those $20, the nice salt water meters that you were talking about? Oh, uh, it's just from Salaford. You can get them at any aquarium store. Okay. Someone had a, a comment saying awesome aquaponic systems need higher pH. Generally, you want it around 6.6 .6 to 6.8. You know, that's going to be your sweet spot for cannabis. Six, you know, 6.4 to 6.8 would be your your ideal range with 6.6 .6 being the optimal. I don't know why we have it on. Trying to make sure everything's running well with the new system. Um, yeah, so uh, so what are some of the other common issues you see with aquaponics? Um, what are some of the common vegetables you're seeing a lot of the backyard and home people growing? Or uh, some of the other things that you're seeing common with the, the uh, aquaponic vegetable people? All right, so just back up just a, just a hair uh, on that. Um, the most common thing we see grown is lettuce. And and I always ask people, and it, this is on a commercial level, they grow lettuce. And I ask them, why are you growing just lettuce? Uh, because no farmer ever made it big on just lettuce, right? They, they grow several different crops. And they always say because it grows the fastest. Okay, I understand that, that you want the quickest profit that you can possibly get. Uh, the problem is it's always a, a low profit so if you're you're going in the commercial or if you're growing for yourself try to grow something that uh, you would go out and buy instead of just lettuce are you just going to buy lettuce no uh, you're going to buy a variety of things so that's what a lot of people we we've worked with we've tried to push them to is don't just grow this crop or that crop uh, especially in your home system, you want to grow tomatoes, you want to grow the chilies, the peppers, you know, you want to grow the lettuce, of course, because it has its place also. Um, Brussels sprouts, kale, you name it, grow everything. In aquaponics, there, there is nothing so far, and I'm sure it's out there, but so far there's nothing I've seen that you can't grow all the way up to cactus as long as your system is, is working properly. Uh, it will grow, and it will grow very well. Um, the most common thing I see our customers that, that are buying from us grow are fruiting plants such as tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchini, squash. Um, and the biggest problem I see coming to us other than um, a mineral or nutrient deficiency is lack of pollination. And that's something you don't hear a whole lot of people touch on uh, is lack of pollination, which doesn't help my business uh, much to talk about, but it needs to be talked about because you need that help. If you don't get pollination, your, your fruits are just not gonna grow. Um, so one, one of the biggest issues we see looks like blossom and rot, and it's not, it's actually 
um, lack of pollination on these fruits, whether it be squash, tomato, or whatever. Uh, so the, the fruits appear to start growing, and then they rot off the vine or, or off the bush, and they, they seem to shrivel. Uh, blossoming rot's a little different. It starts on the blossom end, which, which this other does as well, but it usually just takes up that end, whereas lack of pollination takes the whole fruit. So that's something to watch out for. And again, that doesn't really help my business, but uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It's just not the way we do business. Um, the next thing, let's see. Again, the most common things are potassium, iron, calcium for the fruiting plants, and then uh, phosphorus, uh, phosphate. A lot of people don't realize what phosphate does for the plants. Um, you can end up with really spindly plants and and plants that have a red hue or purple hue to them. Um, but what happens when you don't have enough phosphorus in the water uh, is seed production drops much lower. So not only do you have less seeds, but they're also much smaller. So if you're trying to get a seed crop to where you can grow the next year or two years or five years down the road, uh, your seeds are going to be of such quality that you can't do that, or you're going to have plants that are just not what you want. So phosphorus is a, a real important thing to look at. Beyond that, um, pH is is a real big issue for most people, including us. Our water comes out at a pH of 7.8, so we, we pre-treat our water before we put it in our system to get it down to about 7. And then as we top up our system, we're actually adding a small amount of that water. So if, if our system was, was at 7.8, which it's not, it's it's actually a little below seven. We're adding a, a pH of seven uh, to top up our water daily, which is just, you know, 20, 30, 40 gallons for our size system. Um, and it, it doesn't swing the pH. So it's, it's really important to to not swing your pH. So so make sure you're not doing that. And do it, in a, you know, when you're adding water, do it in a way that you can't swing your pH. Next. Uh, I was going to say you're, um, you also do a lot of um, uh, work with silica. Uh, I know I, I introduced you to potassium silicate back in the day. And you want to talk about that? Because I know you you uh, definitely uh, have a lot of people that have a lot of benefits to that. And you even taught me some stuff with that, actually, as well. Yeah, potassium silicate is one of our, it, it is our best-selling product. And I'm, see, here's the problem with having me on the show is I'm I'm not here to try to sell stuff. I love to sell stuff. I love to make money, but it's not my, uh, it's just not my nature. Potassium silicate on the other hand is something you taught me about it. Like you said, um, and we just went through a really hard winter and, and I had some issues this last year where I wasn't able to enclose our greenhouse. And I knew up front that, that potassium silicate, you know, the silica that was in it would, uh, help us in issue or situations where, we had really high heat. It would help the plants uh, get through that and, and maintain. And if they did get damaged, they would heal quicker. What I didn't know until this last winter was that um, they actually went through it without freezing. Um, not all of them, uh, but uh, we had a, a large amount of our aquaponic system that did not freeze plant-wise, even when we got down into to the mid-20s. 
Uh, for us here in Texas, that's a hard freeze. Uh, I know for a lot of you folks up north, that's not a hard freeze, and you're laughing at me right now, but down here, that's a hard freeze. We got we got water puddles with ice on top of them. Um, if you can make a drink and cool it down with, with something out of your water puddle, that, that's a hard freeze. So we, we saw that, uh, and there's no scientific information to back this up, but we saw that by using potassium silicate, our plants actually survive through those those freezes. Now, would it survive to 10 degrees? I don't know. We, we didn't hit that. We, we hit the mid 20s, 25, 26. Um, but as far as the heat goes, potassium silicate for sure is the bomb because we have tomatoes that have continued producing even though we've been over 95 for almost a month. Uh, we're, we're still getting balloons, we're still setting fruit. Um, and then also when we have issues such as plant damage, they, they repair themselves much quicker, they, they heal much quicker. And that, that's, that's an important thing that a lot of people don't realize about silica is that it's, it's a very highly healing mineral um, that plants need. On the other hand, the potassium in it is also greatly needed. That's that's uh, one of those things. If you ever see your plants during the heat of the day wilting down, and then when it cools off, they come right back up, that's lack of potassium, guarantee. There's no way around it. Um, another way to look for that, uh, if your plants are showing a yellowing of their leaves, not the le not the veins, but the leaves themselves on the lower part of the plant, the older growth, that's also potassium uh, deficiency in most cases in aquaponics. Um, there, there's other things that can do that, but in aquaponics, nine times out of 10 is potassium deficiency. So um, that's a, a great thing you brought up. So what are some of the other um, common problems you see with people doing fruiting crops? You, you have a, a lot of experience with people doing those specifically. Um, you really help people, um, you know, excel in growing those crops with, with some of the stuff that you have. What are some of the other problems that you're seeing with those crops in particular? You talked a little bit about the pollination, a little bit about the potassium, but what are some of the other issues you're seeing with those? I know a powdery mildew is another big one. Yeah, so powdery mildew, there, there's a couple of solutions to that, uh, none of which I'm very good at. Uh, typically, when we get hit with powdery mildew, if we don't knock it out immediately, we lose that plant. Um, but if you're quick on it, and it, it's because I, my, my work schedule doesn't allow me to do what I need to do, but if you're quick, if, you, if you're watching and you catch it quickly, uh, there, there are several things you can do. They have a sulfur burner that you can put in your greenhouse which will actually prevent it um don't ask me questions about that because i don't i have yeah. very little that's old school. school that's real old school there yeah do not that's use that work. with cannabis do not use that with cannabis okay well that's okay. good information no no do not use that with cannabis perfectly fine for vegetables continue okay well that 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 teaches me something i didn't know that so that that's good information um the another thing we've used over the years, uh, the last three years actually, is uh, what is that? Kapow. Um, if you get powdery mildew, if you catch it quick, you can knock it out with Kapow, um, which is uh, what is that? Pure Nutrients, I think it's the name of the company. 
Uh, we, we used to carry it. We had issues with shipping, so we, we quit carrying it. Um, the other thing you can do is, I, I believe, uh, uh, baking soda. You can mix that with uh, with water and, and spray that on there. To, it changes the pH of the, the surface of the leaves and, and kills it. Um, but the again, other the Go other ahead. good solution, the other good solution is labs. If you have lactobacillus bacteria, or even if you do a quick brew, uh, I have a couple different versions of quick brews on my YouTube channel. Um, that's another one that's a great probiotic that you can spray on there. And then Bactillus subtilis is the other good one. Um, Bactillus subtilis, the downside to that one, it also sold as a product called Serenade uh, or chicken probiotic for chicks, uh, prevent pasty butt. It's also the same product. Um, the downside is, is that it smells like a, a high school boys locker room. It smells like feet and BO. It smells pretty bad, but it, it works really well. A lot of old hydroponic greenhouse farmers used uh, diluted milk, which leads you to the labs in a way, but not the same thing. You want to address that too, Steve? What's up, Roger? Diluted milk. You know, a lot of old farmers take diluted milk and spray it on powder. Yeah, even diluted milk, but the problem is it has to be unpasteurized milk. And right. Again, just reusing the lactobacillus. But if you're taking that and making labs or something like that, or kefir, or shit, even kombucha, uh, or kimchi even, uh, for foliar purposes, you could, in theory, use kimchi. Although the sodium level in kimchi kind of makes it not really viable for what we're doing but you can find like unsweetened kombucha that that would be a good option um actually there's been studies posted to pfa where they um they they've studied its effect on pm specifically so if you look up in the probiotic farmers alliance i think it was a girl named luna something like that has done a pretty extensive research on um I'm pretty sure it's homemade kombucha, but if you can find like an unsweetened, um, you know, like a, a raw, non non flavored um, kombucha, it's it's very effective on PM as well. The other thing that I've used before is um, like a, like an orange, I guess an orange peel extract, um, and then I spray on and then rinse with water after about five minutes. So. Similar to what you would do for like a, um, like spider mites, like when you have an essential oil spray, but uh, garlic and, and um, orange oil are, are two different oils that I find effective on PM. That's awesome. Sweet. So, what are some of the other, uh, any other common issues you're seeing with? Uh... Uh, you know, especially for as long as you've been running a, a community there, Roger? As far as common, it, it seems like that there's so many people in our group that, that uh, are growing aquaponics. Everything seems common these days um, just because we see it all the time. And, and one of the things we've come up with, and again, we're fixing a lot of new service with, with you where it's it's really going to help with this but we we've used what we call a three-week nutrient dose uh we use it in our own system um and it knocks out most of the deficiencies you're going to see and it helps your plants uh, and it's got potassium and, and iron chelate and uh, magnesium in it 
um, but still we're lacking. We, we know we are. Um, as good as that is, as good as that mix is, we're, we're still lacking. Uh, there's no calcium. Uh, let me take that back. We do have a, a three-week dose we offer, although it's only offered in bulk to, to just a few clients that ask for it that has calcium in it. Um, but for the most part, there, there's no calcium, so you're, you're missing out on that. There's also no phosphate. There, there's no seaweed extract that, that is so very important as far as we're concerned. Uh, we use it in our system once a month. We add seaweed extract because there's so many trace elements in there you're not getting elsewhere. Um, as far as issues, gosh, every day we, we get a new email that, that talks about issues people are having, uh, whether it be uh, mineral or or, or some other issue, and I, I think Steve had something to add in there. I was gonna say, what about what about crazy or funny or noteworthy ones? Because I know I, I definitely <laughs> we all get the weird ones. So what are some of the more entertaining or comical ones? And you know, leave leave them anonymous to a certain degree, but maybe bring up the scenario or situation. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> the crazy ones. Um, let, I'll, I'll throw this out there. I'll put this on me because it is true. This actually happened, and this isn't a deficiency. This is a fish issue, and and if you're raising fish and you're wanting to eat those fish, it's very important to know this, uh, especially with catfish, uh, and, and I assume other fish would like it as well. Uh, well, they'd like it at first. Uh, if you grow tomatoes and you also raise fish, and you ever cut those tomatoes down uh, for whatever reason, trimming them or whatever, because we've had some massive tomato plants, um, and you let the leaves fall in the water, the, the fish are going to eat them. If they eat very many, they're going to die. And I know this for a fact because I killed almost 100 channel cat fish that were right at two pounds each in a matter of days by letting them feed on tomato leaves so that that's the craziest thing i've ever seen and it was me that did it um so there that is i hate to put that out there again but it's it's true and other people other people are to avoid doing that go ahead great teaching uh, moment man. great teaching moment that's the bottom line right there that's what i love about you man the one exception to that, I've seen tilapia be pretty well immune to, to tomatoes. At least in the showroom, it's at the aquaponics source. They were pretty. We, they would munch on those tomatoes pretty much every day of the week, and they never seemed to die. But um, I, I can't. You know, I definitely could see nightshade poisoning from from the leaves being an issue. It definitely sounds pretty reasonable. Uh, we had a question from chat saying, "What food does he suggest feeding fish?" protein percentage for the best results fruiting crops or does he use or suggest okay if you're asking me i'll tell you real quick we we use the regular food from tractor supply game fish food um no it's not organic and you're not going to get an organic fish growing in aquaponics it's just not going to happen nor are you going to get organic plants not not what they consider organic and that's that's part of the government's play on on spending money and and patting certain people's pockets yeah so, there yeah there is no usda certification for fish in the united states yeah 
Exactly. So, so worrying about fish food to a certain extent is, I mean, don't, don't overthink it. Get a decent fish food. Don't go out there and buy trash dog food like old Roy and feed that to your fish. That's not what I'm saying. Get a fish food that, that it's for fish. Uh, typically they, they are formulated for fish growth and to, to keep the fish healthy. And we've had really healthy fish, except for when we feed them a lot of tomato leaves. Um, so we, we, we've eaten our fish, they taste good, they are healthy. Um, they don't just die on their own. Uh, we, we have to actually do something to kill them. So get a decent food uh, that's not, you know, don't get it from the dollar store or anything. Uh, go to track supplier, some other like Atwoods or something, Granger. Get your food, fish food there. Don't go out there on the internet and find somebody that says it's organic because it's not going to matter. Uh, when it's all said and done, if you're adding any mineral for the most part to your system, it's no longer organic. So, and Steve said that there's no USDA regulation for for fish being well, organic or whatever. That's that's partially true. You can add minerals in an organically certified system, but you have to explain why you're doing it, and that's a whole thing. And that's definitely where you're getting into some serious consulting territory. Um, I'm one of the handful of people that has actually written SOPs for nutrients that have been signed off on on a large scale, and by large scale, I mean over a twenty thousand square foot facility. So, uh, yeah. So if you do have a question, you know, you can email me at potentponics at gmail.com. I'll, I'll plug myself there on that one. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, generally for organics, you know, you're, if that gets into a whole separate thing. You can only get organically certified currently in the United States with aquaponics. Canada wants to pull the GAP certification on March 30th of next year. That may or may not happen. That will have a huge effect on aquaponic cannabis and vegetable growers in Canada depending on how that all shakes down. I, I think that's going to get held up in the courts, though. I, I really don't see that going to fruition at this moment. Um, there's already a couple of companies coming together to form a lawsuit on that, which, yeah, it's going to happen. So, so I was just looking at my deficiency guides and, and trying to add to what we've already been talking about. One of the biggest deficiencies we see, and we're seeing it more and more lately, is a nitrogen deficiency. So people say, how the heck does that happen in aquaponics? And the reason they say, how does that happen in aquaponics is because people overstock their fish. They have more fish uh, than they should have. And what happens is their nitrate level runs way, way up. Uh, when they start getting above 80 parts per million, that nitrate actually starts blocking itself out. And Steve actually taught me this. Uh, a ways back and the way we combat that on a temporary level is with uh, something we got it what the heck is it Steve sodium I was trying to let you <laughs> sodium <laughs> okay so I'm looking at it uh, yeah it's it's yeah, Malibu. If, if I could post something in here where people could see it, they'd, they'd understand what I meant. But it's uh, Malibu. And it's you can screen share. You just hit share, a little green button in the bottom center. Well, 
why don't you make that easier? You hit that center and then you click on the button that you have open on your window that's open that you want to share with the public. It doesn't get any easier. Okay, I'm, I'm just not. Oh, there, there it is. Okay, so cool. There it is. If your if your plants look like that, <laughs> actually, that's that's not entirely accurate. That that second picture is not accurate at all. Um, but it's 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 a nitrogen deficiency. So if you if you've got a nitrogen deficiency, and and you've got too many, if your nitrogen level or nitrate level is above 80 parts per million, chances are this will help you temporarily, but uh, you still need to get that nitrogen level down. Uh, you don't want to leave it up there like that. How do I get out of the screen share? <laughs> there we go. Press the right. button, right? <laughs> hey, we're, we're learning every day. I, I don't know. Hey, what's the new to all of us? <laughs> like, where's the button? <laughs> Okay, where's where's the thank? Thanks for making fun of me. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh man, no, we're having fun. <laughs> hey, you're a Texas boy. I know you can take it. I can. So, so do we have any other questions from the crowd? Sure. Let me let me check here. Does anybody else have any other questions from Roger at True Aquaponics? What are what are the more common insects that you're seeing? Uh, the most common are aphids, of course. Um, and a lot of people ask me, I mean, every day I get asked, during the wintertime included, what do I do with these aphids? I'll tell you, my favorite thing to use is Joy dish soap from off the shelf at Walmart. And I hate Walmart, but I mean, go to any any big box store or, or whatever and buy some Joy. It used to be called Living Joy. Put two tablespoons in, in a gallon of water and spray them. It kills them on contact. The thing is, a lot of people don't understand is you've got to do that a couple times a week for several several weeks. Otherwise, they just keep on going. You know, you won't get them all. There's no way to get them all in one shot. So you got to come back and hit them again and again, and they get fewer and fewer. And eventually, you will kill them all, but you can't stop. And that's where most people make their mistake. And they end up getting this huge infestation that kills everything they got. And they're like, well, your, your ideal didn't work. Well, yeah, it did. You just didn't follow through. Uh, so you, you got to do that. you got to find a way to kill them. The way we keep from getting the pest issue is potassium silicate. We spray that on a plant or we put it in the system water. Uh, or actually, I do both. Um, I can't figure out where I'm at. Well, you have to be, you do have to be careful with the system water, just with pathogens, depending on what it is that you're keeping. It, it can be, and you can also raise your pH. So we, we like to actually spray it on mostly uh, once a week. Uh, and it takes about an eighth to a quarter of a teaspoon per gallon of water spraying it on. And what it does is it gives you a, a coat of what's similar to glass on the plant. And a couple of things will happen when you do that. One, bugs don't like to eat through it. Two, powdery mildew and other mold and mildew does not like to set roots there. And, and the reason for that is it's not easy for them to get into the plant. So they're not drawing any energy or any nutrient from the plant. So they, they land on it and they die. That 
is a proven fact. I've, I've actually read the studies for it, though I cannot give you the the link to those studies at the moment. I can go back and find them. Uh, we've got them on our website, but uh, don't don't ask me to give that to you right this instant. Can I address some? I want to add to something when you were bringing up the uh, how you use your uh, old joy or like, you know, like, yeah, the old guy used to come on TV on channel set on the educational channel on Saturday morning and show how to mix stuff up. And he always had some joy or or some uh, ivory soap, you know, dishwashing liquid that he added as a wedding agent or you found a way with the lemon style. I find that with the uh, that works sometimes. I don't spray this on my plants, but the the uh, Lysol with lemon in it, it'll kill bugs. If you see a bug, you spray spray it with that, and it's pretty much you know it'll clean your kitchen and kill the bugs. But getting back to the aphids, the reason I just wanted to throw this in the reason that you have to continue to treat them, and so and, and it makes it work is because when they get there, they lay eggs, and that's what we didn't bring up. They lay eggs, and what happens is you'll kill some off, and then the eggs will hatch. And then there'll be more and more, you know, so that's why, I mean, there, you'll probably have to do it anyway, because it's just the natural thing that happens. The aphids come to eat your plants, but a lot of con the control comes from the continual uh, treatment so that you, you're, as the eggs hatch, you're killing them off too. And that, that's how you really thin it out in the end. And, you know, thanks. Forgive me. We had a question from chat. Have you grown, you or any of your customers done dual root zone planting with crops that aren't cannabis? Steve, I'm gonna let you take that one. Uh, I know some of my customers have, but uh, my knowledge in that field is very, very slim. Well, I was gonna say, why don't you talk about your experiences and then I'll, I'll jump in after. Oh, okay. Um, so I've grown a wide range of crops in dual root zone plants uh, or dual root zone pots. Um, it's really useful, say if I have something that really likes a high pH or peculiar pH or peculiar nutrient mix on the soil, um, you can um, uh, run that mix in the soil zone, you know, a higher pH or lower pH or whatever it is, you know, uh, berries really like that, for example, and then run the lower half, your typical aquaponics setup. And then um, uh, you, the other cool thing you can do is so fruit trees. So the, the general rule of thumb is, is that the woodier the crop, the more it uses, um, uh, more, the more soil it needs in its root zones. It needs more mycorrhizal fungi, the, the larger the root zone is as a general rule of thumb. Sorry about the noises. Uh, so hey, just to jump in real quick. Um, um, if you're looking Oh, I just wanted to say um, before you got too far into the uh, fruit, you brought up the fruit and I'd got me here to remember suddenly. Marty, didn't your uh, kid do some project where he grew like a giant uh, pumpkin or something like that with the dual root zone? Or is that somebody else? I, for some reason, I, would, I thought that was Marty. growing big pumpkins. Steve was doing it. I did pumpkins and I also did a giant competitive cabbage, a dual root zone cabbage. For a How did that turn out, by the way? I think I forgot to ask you for the results. For which one? Uh, the cabbage. The cabbage, we ended up winning. She got a $1,000 scholarship out of that. We ended up getting into the contest for the $10,000, $100,000, whatever the big scholarship was. Did you win that one? Uh, I don't, I don't, honestly don't know. Um, 
I that was right before everything got shook up at the aquaponics store. So, well, I'm proud of you for the one you did win. But yeah, so we, we actually did a dough roots on cabbage, uh, and the cabbage was larger, the smallest leaf, or the largest leaf of any of from our cabbage was larger than the entire cabbage of mo every single other competitor at the school. <laughs> like it was, it was literally like four times the size of the next cabbage. <laughs> and they were from the same seed stock, you know, it just allowed that seed to grow significantly better. And it's that marriage of um, terrestrial microbes and aquatic microbes that really allows you to get that better improved terpene profile, flavonoid profile, uh, and plant growth, you know, um, in, the, in the case of fruit trees, you get accelerated growth rate, uh, heavier production in flowers, you get better tasting fruit. Um, it, assuming you're dosing chloride and silica in the proper ratios, you will get tomatoes that taste better than stuff out of the soil. You will get cannabis with wider ranges and higher levels of terpenes um, that uh, pretty much across the board, uh, every single test we've ever done in a side-by-side, we've done terpenes. And um, if you've been listening to the show, uh, you guys will know that we're doing an enormous, we have 582 plants in the outdoor right now. And we're going to be comparing those against cuts, uh, exact same cuts in the indoor and in the aquaponics uh, and doing comparisons across uh, over a hundred different cultivars on chemovar comparisons between soil and aquaponics. So we're going to do the largest scale um, uh, plant essential oil comparison of anyone doing aquaponic and soil comparisons of anyone that's ever done at university or corporation um, more than all of them combined to date. So this one test will have more data than everyone's ever done combined to date on aquaponic soil versus aquaponics in one single test. And that'll be an ongoing test. We're going to continue doing that, you know, from here on out um, every single time we're doing it because of state testing, we have to do all of these uh, testing regimens already for terpene and, and cannabis and heavy metals and everything else. Uh, so we'll be testing those, you know, from here on out and then also running those same cuts in our outdoor uh, and then just running comparisons, uh, chemovar comparisons, heavy metal comparisons, uh, tissue sample comparisons. No one's doing anything like this for lettuce, tomatoes, peppers. And this is what I'll be presenting at this year at the Aquaponics Association is just how far ahead the cannabis industry is compared to, you know, where most of the rest of the aquaponics industry is, is just, it's, it's not even a contest. You know, we're, we're testing for, you know, 50 to a hundred different essential oils or different, you know, data points in plant tissue versus three, you know, or five, you know, it, it's, it's not even close. So we're learning a tremendous amount about aquaponics in a way and a better understanding than, than anyone's doing in any other, other ways right now. And, and really gaining immense amount of knowledge and knowledge that we can turn back around and flip back to lettuce producers to make better tasting lettuce, to improve the shelf stability and shelf life, to reduce the chance of bacterial leaf spot, to reduce the chance of, of, of powdery mildew outbreaks, to reduce, you know, taking the knowledge we're learning from the cannabis industry and improving vegetable production in aquaponics. And that's the reason why I really love going back to the aquaponics community after we, you know, do a bunch of work with the cannabis stuff is, hey, this is all the stuff that we've been grinding our teeth on. And we actually have, you know, the funding to grind our teeth on this and, and, and to experiment and then come back and teach the vegetable growers, hey, this worked really well. A silica, for example, you know, can increase your lettuce uh, shelf stability by up to a week. 
you know, if you're if you're selling can you know lettuce and you're an aquaponics farm, if your lettuce is lasting a week longer than the stuff the customer gets from the grocery store, of course they're going to spend an extra buck on your on your head of lettuce. You know that makes a big difference if you're a soccer mom buying lettuce every week. You know for your kids' sandwiches. So um, this is the kind of stuff that it, it, the cannabis or not even the cannabis industry, but the vegetable end of the aquaponics industry really needs to start paying attention to. Uh, if they're going to be able to start to move into the broader agricultural market, and they simply just haven't to date. You know, yeah, I can't wait to see my lettuce sit in that drawer at the bottom of the fridge for an extra week before I chuck it. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's still so stuck on, you know, feed the fish, magic happens, plants grow, and no one's really trying to push much past it. And it's been frustrating. And it's, you know, cannabis kind of forces that issue in a, a whole wide range of ways. Well, we're trying, Steve. We're all trying. I, re I remember when I first got started back in 2013, um, that that feed the fish magic happens. Uh, yeah, that that's a great video to watch, but it's not reality. Um, Steve, you'd asked about pests earlier. Somebody somebody in the, the audience asked about pests. Another pest we've seen a huge impact from are caterpillars. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, we, we love butterflies, we love moths because they actually will help to uh, pollinate our plants. Unfortunately, they lay eggs in our plants and when those eggs hatch, we end up with caterpillars. Um, so we actually carry a product that I've got up on the screen right now. Um, it takes maybe a, a tablespoon, two tablespoons per gallon if you really wanna get harsh on them. And this is totally organic. Um, it is organically listed, although we can't carry the organic label uh, because we, we buy in bulk and then break it down in smaller quantities, but it is organic. Uh, it's it's a bacteria, BT, very common, um, but very few people sell it in small quantities. Um, if you buy it at uh, Home Depot or Lowe's in a liquid form, you're going to end up with something that may or may not work depending on how old it is sitting on their shelf. So get this in the dry form. Even if it's not us, you get it from, get it in a dry form that's flowable. That way you can put it in a bug sprayer and spray your plants top and bottom. And when I say top and bottom, I mean top of the leaves, bottom of the leaves, spray everywhere and uh, take care of your caterpillar issue. Um, and I just wanted to add that in there right quick. Uh, I want to back that up too. Uh, caterpillars have been the number one problem we've been dealing with here in Oklahoma with the outdoor. I got, you know, with all the rest of my insect menagerie, we have the mites are on lockdown. You know, everything else we have on lockdown, we have the occasional grasshopper that flies in, whatever. But um, the caterpillars really have been the one that's been kind of tricky. And we've been hitting them with a combination of BT and trichogamma. And, um, I think I'll definitely order from you the next time. I didn't realize you had sold that or I would have ordered from you instead of where I ordered from earlier this week. That's right. It happens. I, I'm not worried about that. Um, we just hope we can help somebody out there or, or as many people as possible. Uh, again, we, we sell in small quantities, so it's eight ounces and, and eight ounces is going to last you a long time. And this stuff has a shelf life of three years. So the bag you actually see it in on the screen, we have, have, have vacuum sealed it. So if you buy it and you decide, you know what, my caterpillars ain't such a big deal right now, I'm gonna wait. Three years later, if you decide, hey, my caterpillar's out of control, open it up, it still works. 
on that. It probably has a much longer shelf life, but that's that's all we can guarantee uh, because that's just the way you know it's what it's sold to us. Awesome. Well, that's really good to know. It's definitely something that I'll have to work with you on on getting a hold of. Um, yeah. I know that uh, I know that you're on a on Eastern time zone. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on, and we'll we'll let you go. I'm actually on Central, but uh, I have a very early morning. So, um, gee, let me think. Uh, system startup for people starting new systems. If you're brand new, uh, one of the things you really need to do, and and Steve hates this product. He doesn't hate it. He just would prefer something different. And I'll tell you what that is. Uh, this is what we carry because it's easy and cheap. It's it's uh, sodium. Theosulfate, I, I can't say it right. Um, it's it, it removes chlorine and chloramine from your water very quickly. Um, there, there's two reasons to have it. One one is to you know remove it obviously, but the other uh, is if you get in a situation where you lose a lot of water from your system really quick, pipe break, uh, pipes fall apart, whatever and you have to replace your water very quickly, this is the stuff that will save you from losing your fish and bacteria and worms that are in your system that you put there on purpose. Um, because if that chlorine or chloramine gets to that, those, those fish or worms or bacteria, it will kill them. So this will save you from that. So I, I tell everyone, please keep a pound or two of this on, on your shelf, you know, in the closet just in case um you know if, if you end up in a situation where you have have lost a lot of water and you have to replace it very quickly this will save you from from crashing your system um let's see go back to the other thing that was in there fake fish <laughs> this, this is a product that also because of steve we picked up a few years back um it's ammonium sulfate and you can use it to cycle your system before you add fish. And we we originally started out saying, hey, only use live fish. But after we learned about this product and learned about how good it actually is and how safe it really is, we have switched over. Instead of killing fish, use this, put it in your system uh, in the recommended dosages uh, and, and cycle your system and get yourself to where your, your system's ready for fish and it's also ready for plants. Uh, you'll hear us also say, put plants in immediately and, and we will never change from that, I don't think. Um, plants won't do good at well at, at first, but uh, they, they will pick up. But the plants being in there will start adding biomatter to your media beds and, and helping the system along. But this product not only helps you cycle the first time, but let's say you lose all your fish for any reason. You do something stupid like we did and, and drop tomato plants into uh, the fish tank and the fish gorge on them and die the next day. Uh, or you harvest all your fish and it just happens to be a time where you cannot get to the store or, or fish farm and, and, and get more fish immediately to replace them. You can use this to supplement those fish being in the system until such time as you can replace them. So that makes it to me a very, very important uh, uh, thing to have on the shelf 
just in case anything ever goes wrong. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Oh, pond liner. Um, well, look at all that stuff. Water heaters, water pumps, air pumps, water testing. We're not going to look at that, but uh, just real quick in self-promotion, water heaters. Uh, we actually build these here uh, in our shop. Um, we only have one available right now, which is 1,650 uh, watt. So it's kind of for a smaller system, 400, 500 gallons or less. Don't, don't, if you, if, if you need to heat your water, this is not the way to go. If you got a thousand gallon system and I hate to, to put myself down that way, it's just, just the way it is. Uh, and then of course the pond liners, if you're interested in any of those, um, we have them, uh, we get them delivered directly to your door, uh, at a, at a pretty good price. So I'm going to quit tooting my own horn there and, and back off and let Steve have it again. And thanks, guys, for having me. It's been great being here, and uh, hope to see you all soon. Awesome. Always a fun having you on, and uh, thanks for taking the time to educate us on uh, some of the veggie side and uh, to talk about the new uh, – service that we're launching and um, being able to help people out with some of the more complicated part of aquaponics uh, I'll bring it to the masses a little easier how do people uh, find you if they want to uh, you know get stuff from you or, or uh, learn from you or, or what's your Facebook group and what's your um, your your website yeah it'd probably be a good idea to, to share that kind of stuff right so <laughs> Let me let me open the the web page back up and uh, do that kind of stuff right quick. I'm so interested in helping people. I forgot to uh, you know sell myself, but I appreciate you bringing it up. So let me reshare again. Um, yeah, well, you're doing that. I just wanted to say I'm glad you're getting to do that because I wanted to ask you about. Uh, uh, the like the pond liners and stuff like that, but I can look now. You're bringing it back up. I can look at that on your website because I'm get, I'm helping a guy do a, a, a climate controlled indoor grow, but it's only going to be a small laboratory, like four 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 by eight beds. So we're going to need liners for those. You know, we got a decent budget, so I'd like to yeah, I'd like to talk to you about that. I'd be up. I'm in. So I see. I'll give it back. So we'll, we'll we'll take care of you on that. Just. Uh... Go, go to trawaquaponics.com uh, backslash store. I don't know what that EN's doing in there, but uh, there it is. It's the translation version of your website. That's all. I, I, I guess. I, you know, I, I don't need translation. I don't know what the hell? What is that? Anyway, English. so I know what English. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. So I mean, once you get there, truckaponics.com backslash store, or if you just go to truckaponics.com, don't want to do the store, you'll get to our original blog we started a great many years ago, and it's got all kinds of stuff in there. And then, of course, you can see truckaponics store is listed right here. Uh, nutrient deficiency guides, which a lot of people find helpful. Um, and the first thing, the last thing we posted actually here was top mistakes made in aquaponic systems. And that actually was picked up by a, a scientific paper and used, believe it or not. That doesn't make me famous. Don't, don't even go there. Anyway, that's how you find us. Um, also, if you need to email us um, through aquaponics at gmail.com, 
you can text us at 214-489-2311. Don't call us. I probably won't answer. Uh, but you can text me, and I will answer. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thanks again for taking the time to, to share with us, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Can't wait. It was great to be here. Guys, I got to get to bed. It's it's way past my bedtime. I'm an old guy. Take care, buddy. Good night, Roger. Thank you. Good night, everybody. It's great to see everyone, and I uh, hope everyone learned at least one thing. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, thanks a lot. Um, and uh, we have Fish Kanjika. How you been, man? It's been a minute since you've been on the show. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get back to the uh, screen where I could undo the mic. It's not as quick as uh, Hangouts. Uh, been good. Um, ready to throw this fucking tent that I've been setting up the last hour while everybody's been talking. Uh, two of these zipper handles broke off while I was setting it back up. And for anybody who set up a tent, I'm connecting the body to the top, which is even with the zipper handle, usually the only annoying part of the whole damn thing. So uh, I think I'm ready to kill it with fire at this point. But um, yeah, life's been good, man. Just been really busy. Just uh, getting ready to get a new AC set up pretty soon so I can uh, finally uh, get a grow going again. What about uh, you, Steve? How's everything on your end? doing good down in Oklahoma. Um, what have you been doing? Have you done a run since you've been on the show last? Uh, God, I think I finished up the, uh, the banana hammock from ethos genetics. That was really good. Um, I definitely am glad I kept a mother of that and I'm running a couple more phenos this next run with, uh, a few things from a buddy of mine, route 6.4 gardens. But I have not done a run in a while. Um, wife and I got a new house, so I've been taking care of the move and had uh, other life priorities. So just been keeping pretty busy with that and work. But uh, yeah, just keeping all my mothers uh, healthy and happy in the meantime. Priorities. Awesome. So what what are you growing these days? Uh, let's see, fruit and veggie or uh, Jamaican tomatoes? Jamaican tomatoes. Gotta love those Jamaican tomatoes. Um, let's see, right now it's uh, just got the keeper mother of my banana hammock, and then I've got, oh shit, those got knocked over in the move. A um, couple more banana hammock phenos, and then I've got uh, from my buddy Route 6.4 Gardens a couple uh, purple punch crossed with uh, Bubba Kush. And I'm pretty excited about that one because I just topped one of the, uh, the little seedlings that I had on that and just threw a little four-inch section of it, uh, just a little four-inch long branch, nothing big to it, uh, into the trash can in the kitchen. Came back an hour later and it smelled like there was just a bag of nugs that had been left out on the counter. So I'm pretty excited to see how that one turns out. that's pretty much it sweet well glad to hear you've been doing well yeah aside from this fucking tent um everything's been good you were just out at where you at did you end up going to indo i did not i had to work that weekend blasphemy hey man gotta pay the bills 
What about you, Marty? You just got through a, a pretty nasty move. How you been? Bueller. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess Marty stepped away for a moment. Hopefully, Marty will be back. Um, uh, what about you, Roger? How's your garden been? All right. I guess Roger's having technical problems. Hold on. Roger? I'm just the only one who wants to talk to you anymore. Apparently so. There we it's go. Okay, buddy. I won't leave you. Is there a Roger there? Roger unmuted. All right. Um, there you go, Roger. We can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. That's weird because I just shut everything down to reboot because I've lost, oh, I hate to say it, I don't know, I, I, I've kind of lost all control. <laughs> it's, you know, so it's real, yeah, we're going to have to learn this format. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, what's going on? I, wow. Yeah, I've been, I've been frantically trying to uh, figure out how I hit something and, and I got, went to a page I didn't know how to get out of. Uh, I, I, uh, we're, well, we're doing a lot of things out here. Um, uh, we got a we got a new hemp company started, and uh, glad to be part of the and invited to be part of the Carolina Canna K A N E H connection. Um, and uh, there's a, uh, we got a we've got a three pronged uh, operation going uh, where we're going to incorporate a a greenhouse uh, situation. Uh, we're going to have an, a, a climate controlled indoor aquaponic dual root zone grow. So this would be the first time I got to really build something serious and uh, dual root zone aquaponics. And I'm really excited about that because, you know, uh, and, and you know, it's not anything I can't talk about, but there's not a lot of talk about that. And, but the bottom line is the guys that are all involved, invested into this venture have a 300 acre um, old corn farm. They said, well, they grew a lot of stuff, but they did a lot of deer corn and stuff for hunting. And all. it's on an island, you know, on the East Coast, and it's pretty cool, you know. <laughs> when you ride out to something, you know, it's a, a, a it's a, it's a really interesting um, and, and enlightening feeling. Uh, I really enjoyed because uh, I didn't understand it because we were riding out towards um, towards the ocean, and I saw this building that I this market that I've recognized from. You know, when I was younger, we used to run out there on the islands all the time. And uh, he goes, we're here. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, see that field? And I mean, that field went for as far as I could freaking see. Till you could barely see trees on the other side. And then we pulled in the driveway. And it's this beautiful oak-laden forest uh, with pine tree, oak and pine tree forest um, out on the island. And we drove through into this beautiful opening where they have a, a nice home and a stock pond and you go to the back side and you see the other side and other end of all those fields that they had, you know, I got a video, but it hadn't been appropriate or we hadn't had the time to really share it at this point. So, uh, you know, I'm going to get something really prepared so I can share. Uh, I can show you the farm. You know, I can show you entering the farm. Um, and, uh, it, you know, so that's what we're doing. Uh, outside, I got some really cool things. Uh, my citrus plants are hanging in there. One of them's going crazy. I believe it's the, the blood orange. 
is uh, taken off as but the heat, just like Roger said, um, from true aquaponics. Um, he said that it was, you know, we've had so many days, like today was 95. It said the forecast was 95 at two in the afternoon and feels like 104 and 91 at six at 6 p.m. You know, that's kind of days we've been having for a while ourselves. And uh, so, you know, some of the peppers are doing really good, but I mean, I've got them, I've got them, I got them strategically placed in an area that during the hottest part of the day, like say two to five, they're behind an oak tree in the shade. So I just, you know, I can't leave them all there, but I'm just trying to get them to keep them alive. So I got my citrus, the bananas doing great. Got a lot of tomatoes uh, starting to form because See, it has been so hot, but every time you get a cool day, I don't know what it is. I did start a new water therapy on them this week, so maybe that's what it is. But next month, uh, I should have a whole bunch of great food to talk about um, because everything's starting to flower because of that. I guess be, as a, as we get further towards fall out of the summer, uh, the, 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 the way my property set up, the, the sun goes down at a, a, a more, more, at more of an angle. So it gets behind the trees sooner. So um, as long as you have light, you're doing pretty good. You don't always have to have full sun. And sometimes being able behind a, a tree in a certain area at the hottest part of the day will really make your plants go. They'll get that nice evening, you know, warm down sun. And then they get the whole morning up till about one or two o'clock when it's unbearable. And if you're trying to do outside, I find, found that uh, this works really well, and I'm actually going to build a little thing there. So, just to just to see if it all works out in the long run. But uh, that I've got. I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Malik Spider and Wendy from Sonibus and uh, uh, Steve slash Citrix Genetics and uh, Kaya. I've got some really great stuff going on of theirs. Uh, I tell you what, every one of them keeps surprising me in different ways, but a couple of Maliks are really interesting because they are so sick. Um, they're, the, the, the tops have just turned into like this massive, I don't know. I'm going to take some pictures and again, maybe uh, get a chance to do something on the show in the next couple of weeks where I can actually put something together and show you some things about the great genetics we got through our friends in the Regenerative Organic Cannabis Conference. And then members uh, like Malik, Malik is part of that. Uh, but I, you know, not when I, I, he wasn't there when I was there, but I, I you know, ha haven't been given. Oh, I know, but thank you Malik for gifting me those. Those are all, uh, yeah, that's all sick. All six of them are sick. Um, we haven't sexed anything yet. We're at that point. A foot to a foot, we're getting to maybe 14, 14 to 16 inches, and Wendy's are the tallest. So I'm, I'm not sure. I, I always guess wrong. I still don't. I still think it's very hard to tell if it's a male or a female until you know it's a male or a female, um, because you don't really know what the genetic background is on something like that. Uh, but Wendy's are the tallest, and and I tell you what, I picked up one today, and if if, if the males stink more than the females, then I would bet it was a male because it stinks. And you give it the stem rub, Miss, thank you, Mr. Green Jeans. Um, but uh, you give them the stem rub and yeah, the nastier it is, the better males, supposedly, I guess. 
So I'm really happy about that stuff either way. It's the first time I've done regulars in about four or five, six years. So I'm really excited because it's been, it got kind of boring actually using, um, you know, not that I, I love it. I think it's great for medical patients that want to have a really good um, grow, a good quality grow with a fair amount of yield. I think all the feminized products out there are great. Um, I, I, but I admit as far as a grower and coming up from where before feminized and auto flowers, I, I really like the idea that um, we, we have, uh, I've gotten the opportunity to get some awesome genetics. You can just see them. The stalks are, I mean, they're standing up like sticks. It's like freaking bamboo at the bottom, which, you know, I'm not looking at, at so much at cloning right now. It's just learning what I got. And, but I love to see when I'm, I've got them in six inch pots in pro mix and uh, some organic nutrients and a little bit of lactobacillus. And these things are sick. I mean, as far as the stocks are, you know, maybe it's just because I haven't grown regulars uh, and started, you know, but I think it's actually, I got gifted some great genetics. And on that hand, I want to give a shout out to Vision and the people of White Buffalo up in Canada. And they're on these islands and I can't pronounce the name. In, in fact, I, I, I hear it and it sounds so cool, but they're, they're, uh, these guys have really done a real good job with a bunch of land race, with the land race genetics. And, um, I've got a few of those that I'll be doing next. So that's what's going on with me. I'm trying some new um, interesting strains with some great breeders and, and strong um, geneticists and farmers. And yeah, that's about it, Steve. Thanks. Hey, Marty's back. Marty, how you been? I know you went through a move and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah. My, my mic's probably still echoey. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, Doing good, just getting set up at the new house. I haven't really got much garden-wise, I guess, set up uh, yet, but got the office hardwired today for internet. And uh, yeah, hopefully get started on setting up the, I'll have a two-car garage for a flower room and a big high base shop for a nursery. And uh, yeah, I haven't done much gardening-wise, just a lot of moving has been kind of a nightmare. And uh, yeah, other than that, just uh, doing a lot of unpacking, a lot of moving stuff around, fun stuff like that. Cool. Um, what are you going to pop first as far as strains when you get going? I actually have a friend of mine that has a whole bunch, kind of like a collection of moms. Uh, I think it's about 30 or so strains, 30, 32 strains. And so, you know, everything from like 398 Bubba Kush, you know, there's uh, I think Jaeger, there's Forum Cut Cookies, there's Gelato Cut Cookies, there's um, Sunset Sherbert, there's, right, there's a whole list of them that, uh, he wants to make sure are backed up. So if we're, we're both running the same set of genetics, then um, you know if something happens to either one of our plants, then we can recover the genetics. So he's nice enough to extend his collection to me. So I will graciously accept and uh, cut a bunch of clones off of him. So uh, we'll probably get the moms in and get the nursery in first, um, get that all dialed in and ready to go. 
and, and start setting up the flower. Awesome. I'm glad to see you in your new place too, man. You look like you're, well, I can still see you painting it, but you know, I look like you're a little, you look comfortable there. You got your silver surfer or that's not the silver surfer. That's the, uh, what's, what is that you got there? That's your bait machine there. Oh, this here? Yeah, this is my Buddha vaporizer. Buddha, yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got my bong over here. It's always, always 420. I don't know if you guys can see that or not, but it says 420 right there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, mostly just getting stuff set up. I'm, I'm in the office space right now, and uh, there's another place where we'll be able to set up a greenhouse just down, down the way here. There used to be a single wide trailer down there. So um, it's already got power and water hooked up to it. Um, so shouldn't need too much to do, a little, little bit of leveling it off. The pad needs to be a little longer. Uh, but they, they left me a tractor with a big hydraulic bucket on the front of it. So I can do a lot of that stuff myself, which is awesome. And um, you know, I probably won't really be worried about getting the greenhouse in for probably get the the indoor all set up and running but we have 11 and a half acres here zone to do just about anything that i want to do um so it's yeah it, it's going to be fun i don't know what what type of licensing i'll end up going with for recreational yet but uh, definitely starting out with maxing out my my medical grow so that i can grow for patients again which is great and then we can just kind of launch forward from there uh, pick up a recreational license after we max that out because then we can we can continue to run our medical patients after we get our recreational licensing so that's already uh, going to be squared away so it'll be nice to just kind of ramp up uh, production and uh, but yeah it, it's been a lot where we're switching you know switched houses so we're, we're all moved in over here and that you know getting the, the process of moving was really kind of a nightmare some of the people were kind of a nightmare too but uh yeah it's great to be here and have some space and not you know my neighbors way the fuck over there and way the fuck over there and i like them that way you know i've spent the last like 14 years with people right next to me you know 10 feet from my door on either side and uh even though we had a big backyard you know, it just isn't quite the same. And I, I grew up on a 220-acre horse ranch, so for me, it was, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a labor of love in terms of getting out of that spot and, and back to somewhere else. It, it was one thing when we could grow outside and kind of make use of the space, but you know, when, when we couldn't even do that anymore, you know, when, um, you know, that became difficult. But here, there, we have so much here now. It, it's amazing. Like we have, I, I just got done. Uh, eating plums off the plum tree. There's apples. There's uh, two different kinds of apples, three different kinds of fig trees, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Like, I don't even anticipate, like, uh, needing anything for nutrients. Like, we also have plenty of, like I said, 11 and a half acres, tons of oak trees, morels everywhere in the springtime. So, um, you know, there's definitely way more resources here that we want to take advantage of in addition to just the space and less regulation. So it's uh, um, it's definitely a relief in a lot of ways to be out of where I'm at, but at the same time, there's still so much stuff 
to go through and unpack and things to do and set up. And like, even right now, I only have one aquaponics system online and all my fish are in that one. And it's done only half set up, you know, so I really want to finish getting the rest of the house taken care of and, and kind of find a place for stuff and, and clear out the, the boxes that are in the shop so that I can start setting all that up. And I'll probably build a couple of new systems out of, um, out of new stuff for the flower room and use kind of my existing ones for the bedroom, at least that's the rough plan right now, but we'll see how it goes. It's not, do you feel like it's your home? Do you feel like you're home now? Sounds like it. Can't really say that just yet. I would say, like right now, it sort of feels like a really big Airbnb, you know, with all of our stuff in it. Like that's that's kind of how it still feels. And, uh, and, and there's just so much more room. It's going to take a little while. I think especially for the kids to feel like that we're not just on some like super long vacation. And uh, especially my, my youngest, which is two, you know, she really doesn't have a firm grasp on what's going on. You know, her, her whole little world has been turned upside down. So it's been interesting. You can't, you know, you can't explain too much. They, you know, she understands almost enough just to make it worse. <laughs> to, you know, like, so she knows that we're not going back to the other house, but she can't really comprehend why at this point. And so there's definitely some struggle there, but eventually this will be all she remembers. She won't even, she won't even remember the other house. She's so young. So, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's obviously going to be better than staying there. It's not like, you know, we're going to stay there just to appease the two-year-old, but it's just interesting watching, you know, the dynamic, how everybody feels and you, you move and all that change is just, and we have a lot of it too. My wife has a new job and a new house. I'm about to start a new job and a new house. And we're about, you know, like, about to set up, you know, all the garden stuff in, in all new ways and kind of like trying to figure out how all that stuff works. It's, it's interesting to kind of watch everybody kind of carve out their situation. My dad's going to be able to come live with us. There's like a little cabin, you know, uh, so he'll be able, and for you guys who don't know, he's diagnosed with Parkinson's, so he kind of, he needs a place. That was, that was a big reason why we moved also is that we don't have any room left in that house to fit anyone. And uh, he really needs a place to live. He lives in a really old, I mentioned I lived on a, on a horse ranch. And he lives in the original ranch house from like 1904. And uh, it's just not really set up for someone who has, you know, special needs. So, um, so yeah, he's going to come uh, stay in the cabin, which is great. We're having a shower, like special shower and stuff installed in there. So it's just kind of a slow process as we get everything together. But, it, you know, it's already obviously way better than it was before. So just kind of, uh, you know, both overwhelmed and excited at the same time, I guess is probably the, because there's still so much left to do. Like we're here and it's great. And when I'm stressed out, I can go hang out in my front yard or check out the view or whatever. But, uh, uh, which is way, way better than before. I don't have to worry about, you know, whatever my neighbor is doing or making noise or none of that. So it's definitely going to be a little while, I think, before it really feels like home. Uh, but it's, it's definitely getting there. Every day we kind of get a little bit closer the more you find a place for something and you unpack most of the boxes and everything else. So just enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks, Indiga. Appreciate it. That's really cool, man. I'm, 
I, but I can hear it in your voice. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, your baby's not going to know much. You know, it's going to be just awesome that you've got a place now with all that space. I mean, to, to find a place that you, you could afford and move in with your family, your young family, and you, you're eating fruit from trees on that land, I mean, yeah. right there, that's like, whoa, that's, holy shit. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. I can see the the way you're you could you could I mean it's hard for me to see your eyes, but I could see your eyes light up when you said I'd say to plum from out back out you know. Oh, they're they're great too. If I can get the birds to leave them the fuck alone, that'd be great. But um, <laughs> I, we let the cats outside now, so we, we kept them inside for a while. So I'm hoping the cats will chase them out a little bit. But yeah, it's just full full of plum and just delicious. So can't wait. Fantastic. What's up, Steve? <laughs> so are you going to do any hemp growing out there? Well, I'll, hell, I'll just ask you a question. Yeah, I probably will. Um, you know, it's everywhere. Like right now, I, I don't know if you guys have, have driven around like Southern Oregon or, or probably, I assume other places in Oregon too, but I would say... 80% of the agricultural crops that you can like just drive around and you can see, not counting trees, because you still got trees and vineyards. Right. You have to throw those out. But all the fields that used to be for like corn and soy and stuff like that, that a lot of times were just, they were just growing to get subsidized. I would say probably around 80% of that is all uh, industrial hemp right now. It's just everywhere. Like uh, just today, I drove from uh, Gold Hill to Shady Cove here in Southern Oregon, just as part of my IT work. And uh, um, you know, just both sides of the road, you know, headed over there was just, oh look, there's more him. Oh look, there's more. And I'm, I mean, I'm talking fields of him, not like, you know, oh there's somebody's because well, obviously you've been able to see cannabis growing around Oregon for a while. But you yeah. can't really tell, you know, it's like in smart pots and there's a fence around it. And I mean, no, this is like when you're, you know, when you're driving by cornfields, it's it's just in rows and rows and rows and rows and rows. That's what I was talking about earlier. That's what I just got to be a part of. I mean, we're right on the like the ground floor. There's, I mean, there's the farms there. The There's some machines there. You know, that's what's really cool is that it was already a farm. So there's some machinery there. And, but I've got 300 acres to, like you said, it's going to be like industrial hemp. You know, now I'd like to see that if we could do something, I think, well, they're, they're, they're I'm, I'm sorry, not to be, go sideways, but they're, they're talking about maybe looking at putting buildings or, or greenhouses, hothouses or whatever out there later. But I think they really want to go into the direction. I think they're going to look at a, a test size, you know, after so long. I think that's a smart way to go anyway, right? Start with what you can manage. And then if you make the money, then you can expand and expand or build, you know, like our, we got uh, Greg up in North Carolina has got his own really very good business where it's all indoor and climate controlled, you know, and that's the thing, you know, like, but you said industrial hemp and that's what, that's basically what I've got into with that. We've got the three locations. So we're going to do three different ways or methods, so to speak. Right. Uh, but in the, you know, and, and, and I, the, the small, the small, um, um, climate controlled room is going to be, um, 
the the proving ground for whether or not they're willing to build you know facilities out there in those cornfields like you said that are now industrial hemp but even i i look at it like this even if we put it and filled them up with industrial hemp you know that would you'd still have a really good business and really be you know there's so much use for it you know so i'd rather do industrial hemp and in a way than fight medical uh, you know all the all the uh, policies and the hoops you may or may not at this time we don't have a problem with the medical side of it like you guys but you know um, you know there you know change is coming right oh yeah yeah, yeah. change will be a coming so you know it's, it'd be nice to get some grows in where you just get like shit loads out in the field and get to experiment and maybe have some houses here and there but yeah that's what we're, we've been, we're, I'm just so excited. I'm sorry. I had to jump in there. You know, oh, that's fine. Go ahead. I'm the same, same situation, you know, that we're talking about. But Yeah. And don't, you know, I think, um, you know, don't let a lot of uh, people fool you with their industrial hemp label because there's still, a lot of them are still growing CBD flower and they're still going to probably, you know, at least shuck it and send the, the flour to be extracted for CBD isolated. Or yeah. Or, some sort or, of or. And then also using the, the biomass, right? The stems and even root balls, I guess, if you want to. A lot of people are finding value in that. But, uh, um, you know, you're, you can use the sell the biomass in addition to, you know, the, the CBD flour itself. And so it becomes... You know, a little bit different than I think what your traditional growers have been doing, both on the hemp side and the cannabis side, in that you're like, well, now now you can make use of some other parts of the plant as a as a cannabis grower. Because really, it's the same plant, right? I mean, we're only talking like you know, point point one percent THC difference between what's considered, well, I guess even point oh one if you really want to get technical. Um, percentage difference between what is considered hemp and what is considered uh, cannabis and not right. legally. So well, it's all cannabis, hemp. but yeah, pot, pot and hemp. <laughs> I'm kind of going to go in pot and hemp because it's all cannabis. And yeah. Yeah, it is, it is all cannabis. cannabis all and there is no marijuana. Like that's just right. that they use to scare people. So that's the only term that I, that I hate using, I guess, for the most part, you know, because it's, it's inherently racist. Like that's just what it comes down to. So I don't. And uh, so it is all, all cannabis if you want to get technical about it. Um, it and I, I do, I personally, I don't, I don't think it should matter obviously either way, but. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should have, be what it is. You do, have have the, yeah. you do now have the letter that came out talking about how THC extracted from what would technically be hemp could still be considered as legal. Steve, I don't know if you want to weigh in on this. I know I, I think I either sent it to you or we talked about it a little bit, but essentially it was saying that the THC that is extracted from uh, CBD uh, what, dominant or whatever, basically when you grew the plant originally, it has less than uh, you know, 0.3% THC in order to, to qualify as him. But there's still 0.3 THC in there, right? Like that's that, still isolate, that isolate is technically the only legal 
THC on the federal law. That is a loophole. So if you originally grew, uh, like, let's say cherry wine, right, which is, you know, like 20, let's just say, uh, like a 20 to one strain. So you have, you know, 20, 20 parts CBD, one part uh, THC as your ratio for your growing. Well, your, your one part THC is technically legal THC, but how do you, I don't, I don't know how they plan on controlling that or, or anything. And I don't know, Steve, if you looked into it anymore after that, the last I heard about it. For, for which part on, on that, as far as the legality of that? Or? Yeah, has anybody pushed that at all or like? Well, no, because there's, you'd have to be growing acres and acres and acres and acres to have anything that's viable enough for commercial sale. So it's like, yes, it technically exists, but you know, and then you have the other, and this is something that no one ever talks about, but it's technically an illegal gray area is what about all the cannabinoid acetates, CBD acetate, THC acetate, CBN acetate, CBG acetate, you know, no one, and, and those are all technically not scheduled. I love this. This is the perfect information. Yeah. Oh, but that's, that's something that unless you're, unless you have quite the chemistry set and a lot of know-how, like it's useless. <laughs> like you said, you have to have hundreds of acres to make it worthwhile. That's what I got out of that was there. It's there, but you've got to have a big enough. And I've known that from my times in hydroponic produce. I just didn't have a big enough farm to make money. I didn't lose money, but I was out there working every day just to break even, you know, right. and, you know, and I wasn't living in Oregon where I could have them companion plants that made me happy at the end of the day. Well, I did love my tomatoes and cucumbers, don't get me wrong, and I grow some hellacious peppers. But, yeah, I think that that's, that's real important to understand that when you talk about that, that it, it takes hundreds of acres. You know, you got to have a massive farm to be able to have enough plants to use that point three, you know, for anything or to accumulate it. I think you said. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, I think the, the interesting thing is that pretty soon there's going to be a lot of people that have acres and acres and acres to make it worthwhile. And I think the question that comes up, at least in my mind, and I'm sure a few others, is after it's extracted, how do you know where it came from? Like, once, once it's already extracted, how, how can you tell the difference between THC that's been extracted from, say, cherry wine versus THC that's been extracted from, say, Bubba Kush? Like, how could you tell afterwards? I think it would be about like just percentages. I mean, just like it is now. I mean, it would be. Once you, once you extracted it, it's concentrated. It wouldn't be like if you, for instance, if you separated it. Right, like if you made CBD isolate and isolated all the CBD out of it, and all you had, or you you broke it down to pure crystallized THC, how how would you know the difference? I I couldn't come up with a way. I'm I'm obviously not a chemist or anything, but it would I I don't know how they would regulate that. Like how how could you be like, well this is not this is obviously not hemp THC, 
uh, how would you know? Well, I think the whole point is that you could accumulate it, and at that point, they're going to come up with a, a regulation or a law. You right. know, when they see people starting to do what Steve was talking, uh, bringing up, and you know, uh, it, yeah, if you want to elaborate more, Steve, uh, there's a nice conversation, but I'd love to hear more about that. You know, like what Marty's talking about. You were on a roll, so. Um, which part? <laughs> about. Uh, like the different things that are still available. And I, and I just wanted to bring up that point and then. Oh, oh no, there's a bunch of like all that stuff I'm talking about is very, like very quasi legal fringe, like, <laughs> like not Great area. technically illegal. <laughs> it's an Great area. Yeah. And if you guys look it up, there's a whole history about some of those stuff. Um, what was the name of that book? The art. Of modern hash making, there's a if you can find it, it's a 1970s book, The Art of Modern Hash Making, that has a whole bunch of cool recipes and fun chemistry. If you're really oh. looking for cool rabbit holes, um, it's a good one. Um, yeah, there's some people that stayed alive and got through the 60s that got to write books in the 70s when they came out of the LSD haze and uh, and all that, and they were very creative and wrote some real, there's a lot of awesome books. Oh, look on Ronan. I suggest look on Ronan publishing. Ronan seems to be the one that would carry more of the dark side or the uh, subterranean style. There's, a, there's some few digital copies floating around and stuff like that. So, um, but um, we've been just finishing the construction. I tweaked my back on Sunday. So I've been trying to, I've been a little bit of a cripple this week, but other than that, I've been all right. Making sure we manage the caterpillars, and that's really been about it. We got with our IPM and stuff, we've been crushing it on everything else except for the caterpillars. Really trying to now that we have some some we we got some stuff going on for that. We're not hurting, but you know it's been the one thing that's been present that's been a little bit annoying to deal with. So. Well, I'm glad your head, I'm, I want to personally say too that I'm glad your head healed or, you know, that big bang on the head you had two yeah. or three ago. My head rugged on the rail. That was funny. I chipped right over the thing and slammed my head on the crossbeam. So, you know me. Well, like they said, they hit the, oh, I, I wouldn't wear this, but you basically hit the hardest part of your head that, like, where you would headbutt somebody. So, it's like, uh, you know, not that you would headbutt anybody, but, uh, you know, it's... So you're just been, uh, looking at different cultivars, seeing what's doing well in Oklahoma, what isn't going to do well in Oklahoma, what likes the heat, what isn't, and trying to, to see what's going on. So, yeah. Other than that, just uh, finishing up construction. We got... About two of the three bays pretty much finished. We got to do a little bit of plumbing left on the third bay. Uh, and then we're, we're getting close to getting the sumps in. And then once the sumps are in, we can get the nursery and the first two bays online pretty quickly. So uh, we got the pumps here, waiting on the blowers to get here. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to doing everything, got our mother list going. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that on a different episode. I want to get Chase and Bane on the show 
and have them come on and talk about what it's been like to, to put this together here, especially since we're getting close to finishing up. Figure we'll, we'll do an episode live from there once we finally have the water running through everything and uh, we'll get whatever everyone that helped build it on there and, and do kind of a cool episode. Other than that, just dealing with the rain, cotton came. Well, I haven't, the other guys have. Um, shout, uh, you know, much love to them. And then Hank putting up the uh, LST, LSTs, you know, putting nets up for the flower stuff and flower. Just trying to make sure if we get some winds, you know, we get a lot of thunderstorms out here. Just want to make sure that, you know, if we get some gust ups that we uh, support the plants. We have a couple of different cross braced plants and, you know, stakes in there to keep the plants from breaking in the wind. So. Other than that, just uh, <laughs> doing construction, trying to get ready. We have new sets of regulations that come into effect on the 27th. So we're just trying to make sure we're going to be compliant, making sure that we're not missing anything, making sure that uh, once the new regs go into effect, that we're going to be compliant, you know, as of that day as well with the new regs. And, uh, you know, typical normal cannabis headache. You know, if you run a cannabis business, you know, you run a compliance business with a cannabis company on the side. So. Oh, yeah, that's a perfect example. Yeah, just like provided testing. I mean, how many times we talked about that? You know, that's awesome to hear that we're going to get to, you know, that we have, we know a couple of good friends we can send testing to that we can trust the results at least, and it'll be the results. You know, it won't be some big giant corporation or somebody. And, uh, Marty, um, did you want to talk about the class at all, or do you want to say that? Yeah, sure. We can talk about it. You know, where I think we set the dates for October class, right? Yeah. And, uh, you want me so to we have an on site class here, um, commercial cannabis. So hopefully we'll. I think we should definitely have the nursery online, probably the flower room too. So we'll be able to go through all that stuff. I also have lots of stuff that I'm harvesting right now for making nutrients. So we'll be covering uh, definitely fermenting apples and plums and things. <laughs> probably some blackberries, some horsetail, stuff like that. So you know, we'll be teaching on you know, making our, our own nutrients, uh, worm bins, um, I've got a couple different styles of compost going already, so um, we'll be able to talk about all that. Plenty of room to take some uh, IMO samples, build up some of that. So we'll, we'll have, we may even have started on the greenhouse by then. We'll kind of see how, how progress goes. Uh, it's been a little slow going at first, but picking up lately, so Hopefully we can get some momentum and, and be that far along. But it, it, you know, if nothing else, we'll be, um, I'm sure we'll be walking that section and talking about the greenhouse setup and all that kind of stuff as well. So I know Steve has a, a bunch of extra slides and stuff that he gets to add in that he can't fit into our two-day class. Um, so I definitely, um, I definitely think that it's going to be way more information. Probably we'll get to fit in a lot of the stuff, like I said, in the two-day class. I mean, we don't get to fit in as much stuff about like the nutrients or worm bins or things like that. It's mostly just, just aquaponics stuff. So we can extend out some of that and offer some information on the more commercial stuff. And Steve has 
much more pictures and stuff now, which I assume is going to get added into the slides because he normally does that. But I know he's got a bunch of pictures and videos and stuff from their current setup. So, Steve, you want to talk about what you got cooking? Oh, yeah. We'll have all kinds of pictures of new sets of pictures of insects and microbes and um, all kinds of, you know, build pictures from the new uh, the new setup I've been doing out here as well as you know, Marty's setup out there. So kind of see two different two different ways of setting up a larger scale system. And, um, you know, we'll go over all different types of stuff in that four-day class. Uh, I know we might not even be able to get through everything in four days. Uh, we'll see. But uh, we'll have a nice booklet to go with it. And, um, you know, well, they'll be getting close to I'll be finishing my book here, hopefully right around the end of the year as well, uh, sometime between October and December. So um, if I finish it in time, we'll even have that available as part of the class as well. I'll give you one of those uh, for coming to the class. If not, we'll get your info and we'll send you one. Uh, so um, uh, that'll go along with that as well. So uh, be a really good time. And uh, we cover you know a whole wide range of stuff. Marty and I have been teaching this class for quite a long time. I've been teaching this class since 2013. Uh, him and I have been teaching this class together now for two or three years, and um, we really have a, a wide range. Uh, and we've been doing the podcast now for I don't know three or four years, uh, so we we have a wide range of uh, uh, and depth of information to go through uh, with with you on the class, and uh, get a chance to spend time with both of us at Marty's Marty's own farm. So it'll be really really awesome. I know I'm looking forward to it, um, and that'll be in October. Um, uh, 17th through 20th. And so I'm, I'm just outside of uh, Medford, Oregon. So I'm in Southern Oregon. I actually live um, in Gold Hill, Oregon, technically, but uh, Medford even has an international airport. You want to fly in. Um, we're right on the I-5 corridor, so pretty easy access, um, even if you're driving in. So uh, plenty of places to stay. Uh, you know, within 20 minutes or so, you, know, you got lots of options. So pretty, pretty easy access as well. Um, so if you want some more information, just hit us up. Well, I think that's pretty awesome. I'll tell you what, that's gonna, so that's gonna be at your farm, the four day, is that your farm, your new, your new place? Yep, that's gonna be here where you should have the at least the nursery completely online. Probably the flower room will be almost all the way online, and then you know I already have the compost, uh, you know all kinds of other stuff going as well. So we definitely have uh, you know plenty of stuff, even if we don't get you know like I said, I hope to get to the greenhouse, but if we don't, you know obviously that'll that'll be a little bit later or a little more theoretical. Uh, this year, but I think that's one of my favorite things about the class is every time you know we add a little bit more and add a little bit more, uh, you know it's always developing. So, uh, but yeah, it is going to be uh, you know here on site. Um, we'll we'll be able to you know go through plants, get some hands-on experience, um, you know identify some bugs, uh, do do some IMO collecting, um, probably make some labs. You know we have a four-day class, so we can probably have some labs at different stages available that we can look at, um, stuff like that. And uh, I know we do also have, I think, dates in August, right, Steve, the 17th and 18th? Yep. Yeah, Online so version of the class as well. 
Yep. So Marty and I have an online version of the class, and um, it's a two-day aquaponic uh, cannabis class. Uh, we'll be teaching that, and then at the end of the day, um, I'll be bringing you down into the nursery and the grow and the outdoor and everything that I have, and doing live coverage from my grow, commercial aquaponics farm. You have both soil and aquaponics, and then Marty will also be doing, you know, footage from his spot as well. Um, so if you're looking for an online experience, maybe you're not in the United States, maybe you don't want to fly, maybe you can't afford to fly out to Oregon in October, um, you know, this is going to be your next chance to get a, a chance to have a whole uh, weekend with Marty and myself. Again, this is the two-day version of the class. Um, we do quite a bit, but it's not quite the same depth as we do with the four-day. Um, there's a lot of hands-on stuff that we teach. We do a lot of hands-on KNF stuff as far as teaching you the methodology with the KNF in person with our hands. Um, microscope stuff, insect work, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that just is a little bit harder to do with the, uh, with the online. Although we do, uh, you know, we will be using my microscope as well as um, uh, microscopes um, uh, as well for the online class. You know, we, we, we do a, a abbreviated version, but it is a two day version instead of the four. Um, yeah. You know, just trying to shove all that information into two days. You know, we try, I always like to talk about it as aquaponics 101 and cannabis 101. So if you don't know anything about either one, you'll, you know, definitely bring a pin um, <laughs> because it's going to be a lot of information, shoving it all into two, uh, to two days, even though, you know, we have a break for lunch, but we're basically going all day, both days. So to get all that information in there and it's, it's great to, be able to do it online. You know, we've got lots of cameras set up. I'll even have more cameras set up this time. I have the digital microscope, which I have set up before, but it will be, you know, looking at beneficial insects, um, releasing those, identifying any bad ones if we have them. I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't. But uh, sometimes it's kind of nice to have the spider bite crawling around just so people can see what they look like. Um, it's an awesome, awesome class. I, I got to take it one weekend. Uh, you know, I've, I've been invited to those, and, and it's really great. Um, you get you get to ask questions. You know, it, it, there's so much information, but somehow it, it, it seems to flow. It, so it's lively. You're not falling asleep at all because it's going from topic to topic and it's all riveting. And, and, you know, if you're into this, I mean, uh, you know, it's hard to believe we're, yeah, it's riveting. We're, you know, we're, we're getting to be old men and we're talking about uh, it's <laughs> riveting to watch an aquaponics agriculture class, but it is. It's really great. Uh, Steve and, and Marty do a great job. Steve's got a great slide deck. Um, and the things that he shows you are things that, what you know, basically once you see them, it'll give you like what you're looking for. And then you can right. keep coming back to it. And I believe, like I think you said, there is a book that you get, you know, like a, a, like a, like a workbook, right? Well, That's yeah. So I'll, I, I have a book that I've been working on for a couple of years and I'm, Right now, about 80% done. Just finishing up a couple of sections, finishing out some nutrient sections. Um, currently finishing out the organic tea section. So, um, you know, say I don't want to dose with potassium sulfate or potassium silicate. What can I use from an organic, you know, perspective, from a ferment perspective in my aquaponic system that will give me those benefits so that you can kind of weigh, you know, if I'm doing commercial or home or, or whatever it is, you can kind of weigh the benefits of that given time and, and you can make the decision. What the, the goal of the book is to give you the toolbox 
I want you guys to have the toolbox so that you can make the decisions based on your grow methodology and what you feel is right for you at the time. Um, and that's really what, what we try to do with the class as well. You know, some people want to do organic certified. Some people want to be dem pure certified. Some people just want to grow weed quickly and have it all work quickly with as little hassle as possible. And, and, you know, all of those are perfectly valid ways to grow. And they're just, hey, you know, not everyone wants to do the same kind of thing. And that's perfectly fine. So we kind of, you know, try to give you the toolbox that you need and, um, and, and allow you to decide what's going to be best. You know, we, I'm not here to preach to you and tell you what's the best. You know, that's for you to decide what's going to work best for you at a given time and make sure that you have both organic and non-organic options, depending on, you know, the cost effectiveness and the response time it's going to take before those plants respond. Whoa, did, what did I just hear? Whoa, that's the first time I've ever heard you say that on the show. I almost knocked me out. But thank you, thank you. That's you're even broadening it further, and I, I agree that's what we should do, Steve. But sorry to interrupt you. But I, wow, no. Yep. And then I'm, I'm hoping to come out with a vegetable book after that, where we'll go through and uh, cover a whole bunch of vegetables. We're going to have a small little vegetable area here at the new facility, outside of the security perimeter, but on the same property, and. Um, we're going to grow vegetables. So we're going to, you know, do a lot of documentation with some of the weirder stuff that I've grown. And uh, I want to do that for the book and do a vegetable book as well and do all the different grow methodologies, why different grow methods are, you know, why a, a soil is better than, you know, a, a maybe a, a wicking beds better than a dual root zone versus uh, a DWC, depending on what it is you're trying to grow. So that'll be coming next year. Nice. I'm really excited. I always enjoy teaching classes with Marty. Um, we always get a really good class, and uh, Marty's always, you know, put in a lot of cool stuff. Marty's got some great pictures and put in a lot of a really good work and, uh, um, you know, helping spread the community as well. I know Marty and I first met, I think, was disagreeing on dual root zones. It was the first conversation we ever had, and uh, <laughs> after that, we realized both of us were knew what the hell we were talking about, and, uh, and there wasn't that many other people that did, and we decided, hey, man, why don't we why don't we do a podcast and yeah. come together and teach everybody to kind of the, the two different ends of the spectrum on aquaponic cannabis growing and, and learn from each other and taught me a shit ton. And I couldn't be more grateful for that. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate having him on and all this, the stuff that he's, uh, you know, helped us grow. I know he's provided us a ton of great guests as well. And uh, I really appreciate him. Yeah. It's honestly just great to be, to be involved um, it's so much fun. Like even like we were talking about the classes, you know, we got to, there have been a couple of times where people that have taken the classes have, have stopped by them. Because a lot of people really trip on I-5 and work. I mean, like I can see I-5 almost over there. It's how close we are to it. So, you know, a lot of people road trip by. And so a couple of different uh, people that have taken the class have stopped by um, later on. And it's definitely uh cool to get to meet up with all of those different types of people. Some of them go on to do different things. One of them that stopped by started a, an aquaponics farm, um, you know, back, back where they're from based on, on information that we taught them. So I'm excited to see you know, him do well. And I, I think he's going to. So um, it's just really fun to get the different collection of people. I know that a lot of people Steve are working with now took the class, if I'm correct, right, Steve? Yep. 
Yeah, one of the people I'm working with in Oklahoma are former students of our class. So, <laughs> so I, I think that it's just interesting how so many different people end up connecting in, um, <laughs> having different perspectives. There always seems to be questions that we don't know the answer to, which is great <laughs> because then you you know you get something to uh, uh, to to research and learn for yourself. And I, I think that's always fun as a as a teacher. You don't feel like you're just droning through all the stuff that you already know. And and so I think what I love about the class first, even I, sorry, my camera's tweaking out. I don't want to do that, but. Um, what, what I like about teaching class with Steve is we always seem to bounce it back and forth pretty well so that it's not a, it doesn't feel quite as, as lectury, I guess, as a lot of other classes do. But maybe I'm just biased because we're the teachers this time. I don't know. Well, again, you let people participate if they want to ask a question. And that's a different thing. Like I said, when I was talking with Dr. Faust, or I think it was Dr. Faust one night, I said, if I was able to interrupt, <laughs> y'all love me for this, I know. But if I was able to actually ask a question in class in college, I would have learned a lot more. You know, if I could have talked to doc my my doctors, you know, my my lecturers, you know, instead of them just droning on for two hours and you want to fall asleep, you know, and you can't, you can barely hang. I mean, because that's just the way school was when we were that age, you know, unless you were real. But still, just think about it, how much more you could have learned if you could have had a Q&A the way today is. It's almost, I almost think, I would almost bet that if you went to college just today, as opposed to my generation, the students get to interact much, much more than they ever did before. And a lot of that's because the interactions computer or media generated, you know, so. I, I just love being, you know, seeing this when y'all come up with this format and it, it, your format's really good. It's like the kind of class that, again, I, I don't know why I'm getting like, oh, I love you guys. <laughs> but, but it is a great class. And, and, and I, you know, I just thought about that, though, because the interaction that we all get to have is what makes everybody learn. And it teaches people of all different levels. I mean, there's a lot of times I want to get deep into something really deep. For the advanced you know people that can like like i thought tonight was great you know with uh with roger because he you know where he he doesn't think he knows the he's not the end all be all but he's got a lot of really solid um ideals and 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 what what is it standard operating procedures right you know and uh and then the the idea of uh, going about having uh, uh products to spread out like a co-op something that I've been trying to work on for years and I do it a little bit, but it never got to be, you know, of course we weren't, I wasn't involved in a group like this, you know, that helps a lot too. When you're involved in a group and you get to talk with a bunch of experts like across the, you know, and I can't even believe Steve just said he's actually going to write anything that has to do with non-organic or non-aquaponics. That's why I went, Whoa, what? Wait, what? Did I can't believe I just heard that. Everything is certified organic. Certified organic is, quite frankly, a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, but you said hydroponic too, right? You said even salts or non-salt. I mean, you even kind of talk like almost like you were going to talk about conventional style well, a little bit. No, you know? But no, but people need to be able. So like, oh, you want to give them the opportunity to look at it. Middle of nowhere, that have access to a gross store, that are trying to figure out what on the shelf they can. I, I can't tell you how many emails I get of some poor guy who's in the middle of nowhere 
who has access to one, maybe two grocery stores, yep. even a tenth of a selection of anything. And they're trying to figure out if anything can even work in their aquaponics system at all. Like, like I, <laughs> I can't tell you how many emails. I'm sure Marty's gotten at least half as many, if not as many, as I've gotten on that like, same question. It's, it's like 90% of the time, DWC. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, I saw it on YouTube. DWC works awesome. I bought my advanced nutrients and now my plants are dying. What do I do? <laughs> yep. Okay. Start over. Oh, we have to slam advanced nutrients. I, you know, when I do, you know what? I, I, I'll tell you what, what, the one thing I'd say too, the, and what for you people out there, advanced nutrients, there's, there's some stuff. And if you know what you're doing and you do it right, you can probably grow pretty good with it. But yeah. There's so much stuff you you get caught up into that schedule where you buy 14 things and add them that well you don't need to do that. Um, and advanced nutrients, most of their products are copies of other companies' successful nutrient lines, whether it be uh, Canna, MPK, 1314, or any of the other. Um, like uh, I, General Hot Three Part is uh, when people say, "Well, I use AN Three Part." Well. That's just a copy of General Hydroponics three part. It's the same thing, you know, which NASA used for a long time. Uh, and it goes on and on. There's just all kinds. But every time somebody comes up with something, maybe he the, then he would make a product. Of course, that's just business. Right? So you can't fault Mike, Big Mike, for business. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, we we've never we've never uh, we I, none of us use uh, advanced high, advanced nutrients <laughs> just to say that. Even if we do hydroponics, I make my own solutions. I don't buy anybody's solution. I buy bags of minerals and chelates, and I make my own solution. And it's kind of fun. Was That was fun tonight, too, on the show with uh, Roger, that I found out that there's actually things that I've got that could be used in aquaponics, and even I think even Steve uh, approves. Uh, We lose Roger, or is that my connection? I think we lost Roger. Lost Roger. Oh, Roger died. Well, his back. Right. <laughs> for him to come back. Um, but it has been nice to do a, a old school episode with you back. I'm happy that you have a new spot. I recognize that desk. I used to have one once or three times. I couldn't hear that last part. What was that? I recognized that desk. I used to have one once or three times before. Oh, the desk? Get it at Staples? Probably. <laughs> I, think I, I think I ordered it on Amazon, but it, it's definitely Staples style. It's like, it's oh, a okay. glass desk. Staples chic. Staples chic. Staples chic. Oh. I'm pretty sure I got it on Amazon, though, which is probably worse, but. Looks like we lost Roger. Um, on that note, I think we'll uh, wrap up the show. We had um, thanks to Roger from True Aquaponics, trueaquaponics.com. If you're looking for more information on him, he also runs the True Aquaponics Facebook group. It is a great non-toxic Facebook group on the on the internet around aquaponic growing. A lot of aquaponic groups are pretty toxic. This one is not. Um, and then uh, Marty, why don't you tell everybody how to find you? Uh, yeah, so you can find me. I'm always hanging out in the Aquaponic Cannabis Growers Group on Facebook. 
You can find me on Instagram at AP Meds, like aquaponic meds. Um, you can find me on Patreon at AP Meds, uh, on YouTube. Also, my channel is called AP Meds. And uh, I don't have a lot of content currently because I didn't really feel like videotaping myself moving. So, um, and I haven't been able to grow anything because we knew we were going to be moving. So it's just been, uh, just had everything down to bare bones, but I uh, can have a lot of content here coming up in the next probably two weeks to get everything set back up and uh, rolling again. We'll have the nursery, like I said, coming online and getting that set up with all the moms, cloning process. So definitely be checking those out over the next couple of weeks. And then, you know, check out the, uh, the Facebook group. We've got all kinds of links in there, lots of different people's channels. Again, that's Aquaponic Cannabis Growers Facebook group. You can go check that out. The links almost always in the description of Steve's videos. So check those out, join the group. Uh, hit me up on Instagram, any of those spots. If you have any questions, let us know. Check out the class coming up. The online class is on the, uh, what is it, the 17th and 18th or something like that? Steve, do you remember? 17th through 20th. And then also the on-site class. Sorry. Sorry. Online class is 17th and 18th, and then the, the, the in-person class is 17th through 20th. Oh. That's August 17th and 18th, and then October for the on-site class. Yep. So definitely check those out. Uh, also, the link for that should be in the description. And if you guys have any questions, hit me up. Yeah, the website for the commercial class is commercialapmjclass.com. And then the uh, in, the other class is commercial, was it online? apmjclass.com for the, the two day. So, uh, all right. And then uh, Fish Ganja Guy is Fish Ganja Guy on Instagram and YouTube. And who else is on the show? Mr. Green Jeans, Mr. Green Jeans, greenjeansgarden.com. And is that everybody? I love my growing marijuana.com. I love growing marijuana.com for, for uh, Roger. Yeah. Oh, your seed needs. Yeah, or Roger Lakewood on uh, Instagram or Facebook. And um, you can find me at Potent Ponics or on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all the different places. And uh, we will catch you guys again on Tuesday. Tuesday, we have Vagabond Seeds. Uh, if you guys are, uh, know him, he recently had a fire less than a mile from his house. He's going to be talking to us about what it's like to live in fire country and seed breeding, being a seed seller, and um, how to support your local seed breeders from a, uh, you know, point of sale point of view. So uh, he's a really great guy, knows a lot about growing, and he'll be with us on Tuesday. So uh, shout out to Solly, and uh, he'll be talking to us about his new website and everything uh, ready to go. So we'll talk to you then, and uh, take care. Cheers. <laughs>